Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about self-care, productivity, and keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 84. Hello, friends. It's great to be back. How are you? you got a lovely beverage in hand I have some wonderful tea and it's a bit of a treat that I'm having this on um, just you know during the day because I've been cutting down a bit on caffeine but I've got some Harney and Sons Jasmine Dragon Pearl tea and it was part of this great set I had a birthday last week and um, one of my kids my middle son Jonah he sent a um, gift box of Harney and Sons tea. I'm going to look up what it's called um, because I wanted to tell you. I will obviously put a link in the show notes, but it's called the Harney and Sons Gray Linen Tea Chest. And it's this, it almost looks like it's a board game. <laughs> you know, it's like that big of a box and it's gray linen. You open it up and it's got all these tea bags and it's the um, the loose leaf tea bags. So they're really high quality and it's just got a whole selection of tea in there. And I've already finished one type and that is the orange ginger turmeric tea, which is caffeine free and turmeric's really good for you. And ginger is good for, um, I've been finding some acid reflux and it is so delicious. I was a little bit skeptical, <laughs> but I love it. So I'll put a link in the um, in the show notes, if you have a tea lover in your life, I mean, this was so impressive to open up. So that was very, very fun. Um, so, but today I'm drinking what is one of my favorite, which is the um, Jasmine Dragon Pearls. Um, and it is just, it's a lovely tea. Um, so a couple of other things that um, I got for my birthday, the two other kids um, went in together and got me this book that I have talked about before you know I recently got um, obsessed with uh, the Nancy Meyer style of decorating and I read an article where um, she is inspired by this book by Gil Schaefer III um, and it's called A Place to Call Home what a great name for a book it's got a beautiful like I would just like to step into the picture that's on the cover it is um, it's just he's an architect and he has written several books and he just has this incredible sense of of space and I'm I'm just reading it in little bits it's basically like a coffee table book it's gorgeous I have it sitting out so I can just pick it up and and be inspired by the photos or by any um, you know just little section of it I've just learned a lot about how he even places a um, a house on a property when he's designing for a specific thing it's so it's a great book and just has that great Nancy Meyer style which is a lot of natural elements natural wood um, bringing the outdoors in with with plants and um, like twigs a lot of um, contrasting textures um, you know like uh, bamboo or rattan shades and wood wooden bowls um, up against you know more slick textures like a something porcelain you know and then some driftwood and candles you know just things the whole the whole vibe I just absolutely love so that was really fun too and then my other um, my other gift was a new pair of airpods I got a pair of airpods two years ago when the pandemic the pandemic started and I have absolutely loved them um, I usually only wear one at a time and after two years, I lost one. I think it was in my pocket when I went to Lowe's, and I think it probably 
came out when I pulled the key out of my pocket or something. So I'm going to be very careful with these. Um, I upgraded a little to the Generation 3s and they are amazing. They connect really well. They have great sound, great noise canceling. Uh, the shape of Apple earbuds really fits my ears. Um, so I love them. These are a little bit bigger. So the old ones didn't fall out, but these ones really won't fall out. <laughs> And I kind of have little ears, so they're not too big. Um, but I am just loving having those back again because I was really, really missing those. But I buried the lead here. The The newest thing that's going on around here is that we got a second dog. If you've been around for a while, you might know that um, our beloved dog, Teddy, that we had for like 14 years, died last summer. And I thought we would go... Actually, I wasn't even sure we'd ever get another pet again. But... Um, we missed having a pet around the house. I don't know if you could just hear that, but he was just barking in the background. And so now he is in the crate while I <laughs> record this. Um, so yeah, we just really um, missed having a dog. So we got um, our dog Bailey in November and she was a little anxious, um, very shy dog then. And she has really come out of her shell, but she's also, um, just a little bit lazy. <laughs> when we got our first dog, there were um, five people, a dog and two cats in the house. So we thought about getting a second dog as a playmate for, for Teddy at the time, but it's like I was at max capacity. And now it's just my husband and I and our little dog Bailey. And we thought, you know what? It would be fun for her to have a playmate, you know, to be a little more active during the day. So we found another little terrier mix they look like they could be brother and sister. He's just a little bit smaller and a little bit darker. The, the jury's out on his name. <laughs> we have tried a million things. It might be Buddy. It might be Buster. But we have different kids who object to both those names. So I don't know. I personally think it should be like Scrappy or something like that or Sparky. But my husband likes human names for dogs. Anyways, he has been so much fun, but he is a lot. He's younger, not a puppy puppy, but definitely has a lot of puppy behavior. So he is just kind of go, go, go all day long. Um, and I think to the point where even little Bailey gets a little sick of him. So we just got to crate him every once in a while. But they are adorable when they play. Um, they chase each other around the backyard. We call it puppy racetrack. <laughs> just they get so much exercise and they just tussle and kind of play fight all the time and that's very cute until you want it to stop because you have to work um so anyways he's learning it's getting better and um and yeah so he's been a great addition um my two boys are coming home for the weekend um tomorrow and i cannot wait for them to meet him they're gonna have so much fun because um he's definitely the kind of dog that you uh can roughhouse with you know and um little bailey here is is not one that will roughhouse with you so much um, won't rough house with a person, but she will rough house with a dog. So anyway, so things have been just a little bit crazy. It's it's a little bit like having a toddler. Um, you kind of have to, like right now he's in a timeout. He, he needs to be saved from himself occasionally. She's like, it's time to settle down. There is a mess of dog toys absolutely everywhere. <laughs> and they also, they need like their outside time. So it's just every time I'm sitting out there watching them play, I'm just like, this is like having little kids where I would just go, it's time for us to be outside. You guys need to run this off for a while. So anyways, that has been really fun and just a, a nice addition to our family. The last thing in this, you know, big catch-up intro that I want to tell you is here in our town of Park, California, we got um, in our county the first Amazon Fresh store. Have you guys seen these? 
it is so crazy. So you go, you go in, you um, bring up an Amazon app. There are other ways to do it where you don't have to have the Amazon app, but that's the easiest way. And there's a little QR code that you scan as you walk in. You can bring bags in or a cart. If you have a cart, you can just bag as you go. Just shop, 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 and then scan your phone and just walk out. There's like there. I didn't even think there were checkers. Um, you know, like a little check stand, but actually there are, I just missed it the first time. Um, but it's, it's crazy and it's very accurate. I had this whole situation. I went a second time with my friend and I wanted to return something because I bought the wrong kind of tea. They didn't want it back. Let me just tell you that. If you buy anything on Amazon, you don't want, you just got to return it on the app and they're just like, keep it. We never want it back. <laughs> but I thought they would charge me again because I brought it in. I was showing the checker like, I don't want this. And she said, well, let me show you how to return it. And I'm like, is it going to charge me again? And it, it didn't. So somehow it knew. And this is how it knows. There are cameras everywhere. This kind of creeped me out once I realized how they did this. There are literally, I mean, there have to be thousands of cameras hanging from the ceiling, basically just watching what you do. <laughs> and you don't have to like even keep it out in plain sight. You pick something off the shelf and put it in a bag and it will count it. It was crazy. So it, where it is, is it, it will never become my normal grocery store, I don't think. I love Trader Joe's. I love supporting Trader Joe's. Um, and then a more conventional grocery store is right behind my house. So if I just need something quickly, that's where I'll go. But it was quite, you know, like the parlor trick <laughs> to go to Amazon Fresh. So if you have one opening near you, just like check it out for the, for the fun of it. Thank you to Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. What I want to tell you about today is that in honor of Worldwide Quilting Day, which is Saturday, March 18th, the Fat Quarter Shop is hosting a fun layer cake lotto challenge. They'll release the details about the challenge on their YouTube channel and on their blog, which is called The Jolly Jabber. But the broad strokes of it is that you have to make a quilt with the fabulous pre-cut known as the layer cake, which, as you probably know, is a 10-inch square. So if you need some inspiration, um, I'll link to a video where Kimberly Jolly, the owner of that quarter shop, makes a layer cake quilt in one day. It's really fun to watch because she does things a little bit differently. Um, she has this method of starching her fabrics and ironing them before she starts cutting. It's in this, which is why I'm sure her quilts come out so perfectly precise and fabulous. Um, but definitely check that out. Another project that you might consider and is on my bucket list, and I don't know why I've never made it, it's called the Moda Love Quilt. And um, it's, it's a free pattern by Moda. And it takes one layer cake, and um, which makes, I'm going to guess here, I'm out of, I haven't checked it recently, somewhere around a 48 inch square quilt, I believe. And um, if you have a charm pack, you can make the exact same quilt with a charm pack because, you know, they're a five inch square versus a 10 inch square. So you can make a smaller wall hanging if, if something like that's too big. Wouldn't count for the layer cake lotto though. But someday I'm going to make um, the Moda Love quilt. But I ordered my layer cake and I picked the new French General line. I love French General. That was the first quilt I ever made was a French General line. And it's called La Vie Boheme. And it's just, it's blues and reds and off-whites just you know of course it is that is the that's the vibe of French General I cannot wait for it to arrive what I'm going to make is a table topper project um, and it is I'm using a pattern but it's perfect um, for a layer cake because it calls for two and a half by ten inch strips so you just cut you know a ten inch square into four two and a half inch strips and there you go um, so I'm very excited about that I'll, I'll be revealing that later 
Um, but yeah, it just it seems very fun. So again, pop over to the Fat Quarter Shop blog, or um, if you subscribe to their YouTube channel, they will be releasing all of the details on Friday, March 18th. I'll put a link in the show notes to anything you need to know. All right, let's talk quilting. Well, besides my exciting layer cake project, <laughs> I am crawling along on my scrap quilt project. Um, I believe it's called Sunshine and Shadows. So it is a 12 block quilt. For those of you keeping score, um, every block uses 12 different fabrics in one color, which is, it, it was kind of a, an exercise in color theory here. Um, you know, so like if you're doing orange, you don't want orange that's, um, you know, you have oranges that veer more towards the yellow or more towards the red, you know, and you want them to all be harmonious in, in your um, block. And it really revealed some holes in my stash. I think I talked last time about I um, reached out to my friend Francis because I basically don't have orange or purple in my stash. Um, it turns out once I got, and she very nicely sent me um, a bunch of like six inch squares. That's, that's all you need <laughs> of each of these fabrics, which is why it's so perfect for just pulling out of your stash as opposed to like, you know, even buying a fat quarter is way overkill here. So once I pulled hers out and some of them weren't working, and I looked at mine, it turns out I had more orange than I realized I basically had two purples were the only thing and they were from um there were batiks that were kind of in a separate section of my stash um so i definitely need to um when i shop i think i need to fill some of these um these gaps of mine but where the real gap showed up is so now i've got um i've got 11 blocks out of 12 done um i have five yeah, I have five warm and five cool blocks. And so that's 10 and I have one sort of a light gray. And so I was just going to kind of reassess when I got to the end and go, okay, well, what am I missing? Well, I don't really, I'm not really missing. I've already got like, you know, two tones of blue and two tones of green and two tones like, a, you know, like there's a red and a pink. And so what I really kind of want to do is a black and white block, like, or a very dark gray um, kind of a mix of maybe, you know, gray and black, but not super strong because the only real strong block is I have a navy. Um, so um, guess what? I don't have a single piece of black fabric in my stash. <laughs> is that ridiculous? I know I used to, and I think I used a lot. I don't think I ever had a lot, but I take that back. I've got some black solid, but I'm not, I don't want to use that. Um, I used, I think, most of my cuter black fabric when I was making masks because, you know, it seems like men all wanted the black masks, right? So, um, yeah, so I thought, okay, I'll just go shop. And then I realized that it would be three yards of fabric if I just went and bought fat quarters. And that, like, it, uh, it defies the what I want to do with this quilt, which was supposed to be based on my stash or begged from friends. So, um, clearly, I'm going to have to start begging from friends. <laughs> This is where you really wish you knew more people who sewed in real life. I will definitely appeal to my friend Minky, but I got to be honest, I don't think Minky has a lot. Black's not really her vibe. Navy, yes. Um, so anyways, I'm going to beg beg and borrow. I was going to say beg, borrow, and steal. I promise that I won't actually borrow or steal because, um, yeah, I'm just going to beg. So that is on hold until I rustle up 12 pieces of black or gray fabric, but that has been a very fun, um, pattern to do. Again, it's from Quilts for Scrap Lovers. 
Um, what else has been going on? Um, Minky and I, if you don't, that's Minky Kim. She is um, Zeriano online. As you know, she's a, a, a pattern designer. She has a fabulous YouTube channel. She is a, um, not only a pattern designer, but a fabric designer. And so she had a quilt she wanted to take a picture of that of her of her upcoming line. So we headed out one day, which I missed doing this during the pandemic, is us being able to go around and take quilt photos. So I uh, finally photographed um, my finished handpiece quilt along quilt and my finished Cabin Valley quilt. And I still need to edit those pictures. I don't know what's taking me so long, um, but I'll get those posted as well. But I always like having that you know final documentation of each quilt. I should do a better job of having one folder where I have a picture of each of my quilts. I, I organize my, my, um, all my photos by month and year, but that means I really have to dig to find them. So anyways, I'll be posting those soon. Um, and it's always such, such fun to head over to, um, Old Town Moore Park and, and take those photos with Minky. I have a new product that I want to tell you about. It is a new cutting mat that I received, and it is from a company called Echo Peco. That's E-C-O-P-E-C-O. And they reached out to me to try one of their cutting mats, and I am in love. First of all, it's always so nice to replace your cutting mat um, every once in a while, or to be able to push two together to have a really large cutting space, which is what I have right now. Their cutting mats are made from polypropylene, which is completely non-toxic. They're 100% recyclable, and they are PVC and BPA-free. They, As I said, they're non-toxic. They are odorless when it comes out of the box. There's no off-gassing or anything like that. Most cutting mats are made from um, a hard core, and then on each side is PVC. And PVC is a known carcinogen, so it's best to stay away from it if you can. But their cutting mats are, um, they have five layers. They're obviously self-healing and um, they're double-sided, which I love. They come in three colors. There's a blue, a green, and a brown. And one is a darker of the color, like a darker blue, and the other is a lighter blue. And I personally love this because it gives you the contrast you need. Um, sometimes it's hard to cut a dark fabric on a darker cutting mat. So you just flip it over to the light side and you can really get that contrast you need to make an accurate cut. So I absolutely love that. Um, they, they, are, they work beautifully. Um, I love, you know, a blue is my signature color. So I love the two colors of blue um, that, that mine is in. They come in three sizes. Obviously, I always feel the bigger, the better, right? So I have a 24 by 36 and I love it. I think that is like as a quilter, if you have the space and that is the size to get, but it also comes 18 by 27, 12 by 18. So whatever size you need. And this is also cool. There are versions that are inches and versions that are metric. So that, that is great. So it, you know, uh, appeals to everyone there. Um, if you also use your cutting mat for more than cutting fabric, if you paper craft or just need to um, use it for cutting paper, what's kind of cool is they have markings for all the usual paper sizes. So um, in the U.S. here, there's letter and legal, and then there's also, you know, A2, 3, A4, A5, all those kind of different things. If you are, you know, making a newsletter or whatever, any kind of paper crafting thing that you do. So that is like, uh, I was just thought that was kind of a very cool thing. I have been putting it through its paces for um, the last couple weeks and I could not be happier. Now, they have generously offered um, a 10% discount to you guys if you use the code ECOPECO10. So that's E-C-O-P-C-O-10. 
10. And you may want to check them out on Instagram as um, they are Echo Peco Art. So E-C-O-P-C-O Art. Echo Peco Art. And I think you'll be really happy. Before we leave quilting, um, I realized something recently that I wanted to share with you. I think I mentioned that um, I was, as a 100-day project, I was going to do Zentangle, which is this style of doodling, um, which I still want to really get into, but haven't. But one of the things that I realized, um, so you, you just, you kind of make yourself a, I don't know, I'm looking at my hands. It's something like about like a three and a half inch square that you, you draw and then you, you, um, create a few these sort of wavy guiding lines and you do different types of doodling in each of the sections that are created and then you can go back and shade them and, and things like that so as I'm doing this and it's not a big area right I realize that I do not have the patience to to do this it's supposed to be slow and, and meditative right and you're you know you're kind of paying attention not in a um you know, stressful way, but you, you should be like trying to make those circles round, for instance, as you're, as you're doing them. I'm drawing, can you see how I'm drawing right now? And I realized that, you know, after about, I don't know, five or 10 seconds, I start going faster and faster and things get, get sloppier and sloppier. And then I'm never really happy with the results. And I've realized that that is my exact problem with free motion quilting is that, you know, I will start off, especially it's like doing something like swirls, which I find, um, I know everybody can do them. I find them very stressful because you have to pay attention and be patient and do them a little slower than you think in order to keep those lines sort of equidistance from each other because that's when they look neat. And, you know, we're not going for perfection here, but mine can really go off the rails. And I realized that that, that the patience of not speeding up but keeping a steady pace in order to um, you know to to have the results that I want is something that I really it's a it's a muscle I need to exercise and I started thinking about that during QuiltCon and I felt like there was a lot of really intricate quilting at QuiltCon and the first thing that comes to my mind when I see that is oh my gosh I don't have the patience for that and that is very true. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I can't work on it. So I'm curious if you have that issue is that, you know, when you have a long way to go, sometimes I rush the process and and, it, and I shouldn't rush the, you know, the, the whole thing about art and, and quilting and crafting is to enjoy the journey, to enjoy the process and not just be done. It's not about the end product. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes you just got to knock it out. But anyways, I just realized that that was this, um, I don't know, I hate to call it a character flaw. It's something that I need to work on to just um, get into the moment. There's no need to rush. I'm not, you know, zen tangling, you know, because I need to knock a hundred of these out to sell. I'm doing it for myself. And that is what, um, when you do those kind of meditative practices, sometimes it reveals things about yourself. And, and that's what I found out. And I'm curious if you guys um, think that maybe that if, you know, if you, are similar in that or if um, your process has revealed anything to you that you're like oh that's the thing that I, I need to work on I'd be curious to hear let's move on and talk about books I believe last episode I told you that I was reading this book called The Huntress by Kate Quinn if you want to hear more about that I won't repeat here but it's in the last episode um, but it's basically a uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna repeat but let me tell you what it's about um, it's a World War, post-World War II era book um, about some people who are hunting down, um, you know, Nazi killers. 
and they're um, in this particular instance they're looking for this woman they call the huntress and um, I was really enjoying it uh, last time I talked to you, but I finished it and um, it was it was such a good book. I just I cannot recommend it more highly. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy everything that Kate Quinn um, writes. And so I'm just that's definitely an author that I will keep up on whatever new books comes out when she comes out with. Um, I re-listened to, and if you know me, in my obsession with Louise Penny, I re-listened to Glass Houses. Sometimes I, I download these Louise Penny books because they help me get to sleep. I love the readers, um, both the, the Ro- uh, Robert Batham, he did the first ones, and then I can't remember the guy that does the ones now because Robert Batham died, but um, I know some people don't like the second reader. I think the second reader is amazing. They're just a little bit different, but they're they both have these just this qual these qualities to their voice that I just love and it really helps me get to sleep. So this is what happens is I download a book that I already know, like Glass Houses, which I but I haven't listened to for a long time. And I just hear it in parts as I, you know, I'm trying to go to sleep over a week and then I'm like, you know what, I just need to start this book over for real. And that's what I did. And um that is the book where things just really, you know, some things really happen uh, that takes the story arc in a in a new direction. And um, so that's like the one where, where things start to pivot. Like it's like Harry Potter 4 <laughs> where things start to, to pivot. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, of course, after that one, I just had to start listening to the next one. And I, that is the way I do things. So that one's called Kingdom of the Blind. Um, yeah, you know me. I just I'm obsessed with Louise Penny books. The other thing I've been reading. So I always have a book that I'm reading like on my Kindle and then I'm listening to. And um, so the book that I'm listening or I'm reading, reading now is um, Friendship Album 1933. Now you may know this as an audio um, podcast from my friend Francis Dowell over at the Quilt Fiction Podcast. I am reading um, the print version, which is not available to the public yet, but uh, that's another book, honestly, that if I need to go to sleep, sometimes I will, Francis's voice is absolutely mesmerizing. I would listen to her read the phone book. So that's a good one, um, too. But so what you should do is if you have never listened to Friendship Album 1933, I will put a link in the show notes, go over to the Quilt Fiction podcast. It's the season one of that podcast. Season two is, um, Francis reading Aunt Jane of Kentucky, which is not her work, but just a, a very lovely, fun, fun book that uh, is, you know, quilting adjacent. Um, but Friendship Album, 1933, is about a group of women in a quilting bee um, in the, you know, like Depression era. It's a very unlikely group of women that come together to, um, well, to have a quilting bee in general, but specifically working on quilts for the uh, Sears quilting contest for the the World's Fair, and um, every one of those characters is absolutely alive in my mind. Um, everything that uh, one of the characters' her name is Eula. <laughs> everything that she makes, she's got this amazing chocolate cake, and she makes great coffee. It just like makes me want to dive into the pages of the book and join this quilting bee, mostly just so that I can eat all the delicious treats that they talk about. But uh, so I highly recommend that if you have never listen to it. Um, and it's funny, I'm, you know, I'm reading it as a PDF on my iPad. And um, I have to say that 
it has it's making me appreciate my Kindle with all its um, ways of um, being anti-glare and e-ink. I think it's really easier on. I'm realizing it's easier on my eyes to read on my Kindle than it than on my iPad. And I know I could I could have put it on my Kindle, but there were some technological difficulties there. But um, yeah, so I'm still totally loving my Kindle Oasis, which is just um, making me want to read more, Frank. That's really it book-wise um, this time around. I spent a lot of time looking through this um, coffee table book, A Place to Call Home. So that has kind of slowed me down from my regular my regular reading. Um, as far as TV goes, I think I mentioned last time that we had started watching Yellowstone and it was really violent and... There was a lot of curse words and it was kind of gory. I wasn't really sure I was going to get into it. Well, you know what? I got into it anyway. And there are three seasons. Um, actually, there's four seasons, but I'm watching it on Peacock um, as a streaming service. And there's only three seasons there. And there are only 10 episodes each. So we're kind of um, cruising right through those. We're almost done with season three. And now we have to keep Peacock for another month because season four drops on March 28th. But um I am, I am enjoying that. I, I gave up on uh, Succession and Billions, which in some ways are similar shows. This is just more takes place on a ranch in Montana. Um, so it's a different setting, but, um, you know, it's got uh, very rich people and thinking about the next generation and trying to hold on to an obscene amount of land in Montana. Um, it's got Kevin Cosner who was very good in it. You know, I didn't really used to think that Kevin Costner was a very good actor, um, but uh, he's actually quite good in this. And I would like to have every jacket and vest that he wears on that show. <laughs> I would love to have in my uh, in my closet. Apparently Montana is very cold. I would never wear any of them here. But um, so we've been enjoying that. Um, I, I didn't think that I would get into it, but I, but I did. Now the other show... And again, this has got some adult content sort of, um, so beware. Also on Peacock is, um, I think it is called Carol versus Joe. And it's a um, dramatization of the Tiger King thing. Now, I never really watched the Tiger King when it came out at the beginning of the pandemic. Other members of my family did. It was not very interesting to me. I was doing other things. I did pop in on uh, a, you know an episode or two, so I knew what it was about. Um, but... Uh, if you don't, if you were like living under a rock <laughs> in March and April 2020, um, Joe Exotic had this kind of wild animal show um, with a lot of tigers and lo lots of different types of animals. And then Carol Baskin um, had a big cat rescue and she was basically going after all these people, not just Joe, but lots of people that she felt um, were uh, harming animals in, you know, their pursuit of the almighty dollar in these kind of zoos and shows. And um, eventually Joe put out a hit on her and he is in prison right now. I think he's still in prison. Not 100% sure. Um, but anyway, so it is a dramatization of their story. And Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live plays Carol Baskin. <laughs> She's quite good. And um, so it's just, it's kind of funny and weird. And so we're kind of just getting a bit of a kick out of that. But next up, as soon as we're done with that, we are ditching Peacock and getting Paramount Plus because um, the whole, the new season of Discovery has been out, the, the Star Trek, you know, in the, in the Star Trek genre, and Picard. Uh, my friend Patty 
over at Elm Street Quilts uh, said she started Picard and um, that it's amazing. And I'm very excited about that. Now, interesting, also on Paramount Plus is a show called 1883, which apparently is the prequel to Yellowstone. So it's how they got the big Yellowstone ranch. And I have a friend who says that it's actually way better than Yellowstone. So we'll have to check that out as well. So um, I'm always kind of excited when um, I'm into a show and then I know I've got some shows lined up. (laughs) I don't know if you're like that, but I like to know I'm very routine oriented that way. At this point, I'd like to say thank you to Silk and Sonder for being a sponsor of the podcast. Silk and Sonder is a monthly journal subscription that I absolutely love. Each month has a different theme and color scheme. Um, March, my birthday month, is Wonder. That's the theme. And there are prompts and coloring pages and all things like this that will um, help you explore the theme of wonder in your life. And what I love about the Silk and Sonder journal system is that it has the normal um, things of, of kind of like a planner. It's got a monthly layout. It has weekly layouts. It has places where you can do gratitude journaling. Um, and uh, to-do lists and things like that. And those are all um, habit trackers. Those are all things that are in every single month. But then in addition to that, there are pages that explore different journal prompts. There's plenty of um, empty space for you to uh, do your own freeform journaling. There are pages that leave you room to explore different prompts and definitely many pages to help you keep tracks of, track of the things in your life that matter. Your mood, your sleep, habits, your spending, things like that. And if you don't want to track your spending, then you can, you know, track something else. You can track your movement. You can completely personalize it to work for you. And that is one of the things that I think is amazing about it. But the number one thing that I love about it is that you get a new one every month. You get a fresh start every month. So if you start the month off strong and kind of waver in the middle and then pick it up at the end, you don't feel bad about that. You're like, that was just what this month is. This this journal tells the story of what was happening in my life, even if that what was happening is that I fell off the wagon for a while. And then you get a fresh start the next month. Um, I definitely feel the benefit of it most when I make it part of my morning routine where I get into it every day. I love sitting down on Sundays and laying out uh, the week of how I want it to be, tackling my my big three goals and laying out a cleaning schedule and an exercise schedule and then going back and checking those things off because there's nothing I love more than checking things off of a list. So definitely check it out. You can try it for one month. You can do a quarterly subscription or the best deal obviously is the annual subscription. You can get um, 15% off any type of subscription with the code SHE15. So that's Simple Handmade Everyday 15. And I will put a link in the show notes for you. I've got a few other sort of homemaking and gardening things to round out the podcast. Um, one thing that my husband and I, which by the way, we have the same birthday. It's a very strange thing. <laughs> so we treated ourselves this year to a pizza stone and pizza peel. I love making homemade pizza and I've made it for years and I love that you can control the ingredients. Um, it's very inexpensive. The kids love it. But I always felt that um, 
the the one weak point of homemade pizza made on a baking sheet or even I even had a pizza pan that has these holes in it was that the crust was never crispy on the bottom it was always just a little bit soggy and so we'd had pizza stones in the past I've had probably two and they always cracked and I can't explain why but I was ready to take a chance again so we bought a 16 inch pizza stone I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that we got 16 inches barely fits in my oven um so you do have, definitely have to measure that <laughs> um and then a pizza peel which is just basically like a wooden cutting board with a big handle and a beveled edge so that you can slide things off and on you build the pizza on the peel um put some cornmeal on the bottom you put cornmeal on the pizza stone you keep the pizza stone in the oven i'm just, it's in our bottom oven i'm keeping it there all the time and you turn up the the temp to 500 degrees and then slide the pizza that you've built on the peel right onto the pizza stone and oh my goodness the it came out amazing super crispy crust it just it just like solved every problem I had we made two kinds of pizzas which was a little bit tricky that's one of the reasons I didn't do this when we have kids around is because I make three pizzas at a time and you can't do that unless you want three pizza peels and that gets a little pricey so what we did here is um while that one was cooking in the oven on a wooden cutting board I kind of treated it like a peel um put the the uh, cornmeal down built the pizza there and then when we took the one pizza out we were able to slide it from the cutting board onto the um onto the pizza stone and it did not work as well as from the peel <laughs> but it's doable but the one the first pizza we made was um, i don't know where i got this recipe now it's just more of an idea but it is you know i make a homemade pizza dough and then you put pesto all over the pizza and then goat cheese and kalamata olives and i've forgotten how good that pizza is it was very good um and then my normal pizza i just do a homemade pizza dough pizza sauce which is just tomato sauce with some italian spices and and a little salt and pepper and a tiny smidge of sugar to take the edge off super easy and then just you know um mozzarella cheese and veggies and, and things like that so um they both came out amazing so um the boys are coming home this weekend and I can't wait to to try it out on them but I feel like at my age here um I'm just I'm ready to kind of uh take things to the next level let me let me elevate you know I've been cooking mediocre pizza for years let me see if you know I've got the time and space and money I can kind of improve that and it's gotten us really excited about um about pizza again so that's been really really fun to take that up a notch so now that we are in mid-march are you guys getting the itch to garden I know that even um you know, in places where it's cold, the snow starting to melt. Um, it's been very nice here in California. And um, I finally got my uh, cutting garden seeds in the ground. Um, I had started seeds outside the ground because we knew we were getting this dog. Um, so what I have are these peat, peat pots that basically look like uh, an ice cube tray. And um, I started, what was the total? Um, eight varieties of seeds. 10 each so 80 80 seeds and um so I kept them out of the ground for the first week because um we the dog was new and we weren't sure I, I didn't want to get mad at the at a new dog for running into the garden so we kept them out and now we have a little 14 inch kind of wire fencing around it it was a, a psychological barrier really more than anything that um 
is not working anymore because now he's learned he can jump over it. But anyways, so last weekend I I cut a cut each of those little peat pots apart and planted out to the garden. We're going to put in a soaker hose system this weekend, and um, so it's been about ten days since I planted the seeds, since I started the seeds, and the zinnias are coming up wonderfully. The zinnias and the cosmos are doing great. Nothing else is coming up, and I'm going to be super bummed if these seeds don't come up. But if this works. Um, this is going to be the most cost efficient way to create a cutting garden. And I just, I'm so excited about it. And, and I haven't planted out the whole garden because a month from now, I want to start sort of a second wave so that I can have blooms for, you know, further into the year. So um, now that that's kind of in place and I'm just watering those little seedlings every day, this has inspired me to really get going on other areas of the yard. And uh, I just love being outside and with my fingers in the dirt. So um, I hope that uh, if, if gardening is your thing, I hope it warms up and, um, and are you making plans? I'm kind of curious about that. So before I go, I wanted to thank Farm Wife 4 for leaving a wonderful review. It is so fun to read these and... Um, yeah, I just so, so appreciate it. So if you feel so inclined, um, pop over to um, Apple Podcasts uh, or Google Podcasts and rate and review the podcast. It helps people uh, like you find it. And as always, you know, um, if you have a friend or somebody that you think would, you know, like this type of content, feel free to share. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I hope to get back on a solid every other week recording schedule. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. See you next time.